Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Straightforward talking out with it. Current events, local, world news, and trending. So come out here and join me. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Truckers Podcast. Friday, December the 18th, 2020. Let's get those thank yous out there to all of our workers, our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors, and our nurses, and our paramedics, and our police, and our fire department. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to my listeners, my guests, and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Well, I hope everybody had a good week. Here the weekend is upon us. And Christmas it's not that far away. Seven days until Christmas morning. And what's going on around here in Canada? This out from the Canadian press. The federal government secures 500k vaccine doses for January as lockdown calls are growing. Federal officials say they're pushing manufacturers to accelerate shipments of more COVID-19 vaccine doses as calls grow to lock down more parts of the country for the holidays. What they're talking about here is starting the day after Christmas of locking down more areas across the entire country of Canada and also right here in Ontario where I reside. Our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said Canada is running ahead of schedule in its vaccine rollout, which is yet to ramp up next month with scheduled deliveries of 125,000 Pfizer doses per week 
for a total of 500,000 doses in January. So 250,000 people. Guess it's two shots. Trudeau told reporters that 200,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine will arrive next week in pending health and its approval. He said 168,000 doses of the Moderna vaccine candidate will be shipped by the end of the year, which is really good news. The federal government is also investing in 9 million through the National Research Council of Canada to support the development of treatments for COVID-19 and other viral infections, Trudeau said. The funding will go to four Canadian companies working on therapies, including two in Montreal and two in Vancouver. But even as Canada's immunization campaign seems ahead, Trudeau warned that vaccines won't reach the, the broader population fast enough for Christmas miracle, urging Canadians to limit the size of their holidays and celebrations. Which brings us to that. This is how I'll be spending my Christmas. You know, for the past, well, 11 years of, of, of my grandson's life, every Christmas morning, I would go over there with their gifts. I would have breakfast with them and then they'd open their Christmas presents. This year, once my grandchildren are in bed, I will drive over there Christmas Eve. I will drop the presents off and I will come home and I'll wait till the morning for them to FaceTime me while they open their presents. That's how I'll be spending my Christmas. So when the government is asking us to limit the size of your family here in Ontario and in the city of London that I live in, it's down to only five people in the household. So of course, you, if you have six members in the family, four kids, two adults, and they reside there, that's fine. But nobody else. It's not going to be these big family gatherings, and I really hope people out here across Ontario and across Canada get this message. Do not have a large family gathering for Christmas. Because who needs another bill on top of already what you're paying for? An $880 fine, is it really worth it? I don't think it's worth it. As much as many of us want to see our loved ones this Christmas, we, want, we also 
want to be able to see them and give them big hugs next Christmas. Procurement Minister said Friday that Canada is on a track to receive 255,000 doses from Pfizer in December, up from expected 249,000 doses. In the last two weeks, Canada has aggressively pursued, negotiated, received, and administered early doses of the first COVID-19 vaccine in this country. We are in consistent contact with our suppliers, and these increased numbers reflect our negotiations. This Massachusetts-based biotech firm, Moderna, has revealed that its COVID-19 vaccine candidate, which is expected to be soon be authorized in Canada and the United States, can now be shipped without it needing to be frozen, which is excellent. The development looks to ease the logistics of getting the vaccine to remote locations, a Moderna spokesman said, and that's northern part of our country. That's fantastic that the, this one from Moderna doesn't need to be frozen. So it makes the logistics a whole lot easier. Previously, it was believed the vaccine had to remain frozen to at least minus 20 Celsius until shortly before use, but the company said it can now safely transport liquid doses as refrigerated at, at between 2 Celsius and 8 Celsius. So that's pretty simple. And they noted that the new requirements don't apply to vaccine storage. They and the government is still working to procure freezers to store them once they arrive in their destination. With Health Canada gives the regulatory all clear. And our top, top doctor here in Canada, Dr. Theresa Pam, Canada's chief public health officer also said that healthcare workers should check Pfizer vaccine vials for extra doses before throwing them out. So make sure we use everything that we have. Make sure it's, a, it's enough for one shot or two possibly. We can't waste this. She said the access provides a buffer zone to account for potential losses that can occur during storage, preparation, and injections of the vaccine. I haven't got on the ground information as to whether someone is able to get six versus five doses, she said. But the bottom line is don't throw it away after five doses. Check to see if there's another dose. The number of people experiencing severe illness is also on the rise, she said, with an average of 4,000 patients being treated in hospitals over the past week, including 650 critical care and 115 deaths reported each day.
Ontario is set to reveal new measures Monday as the province extended its lockdown in two COVID-19 hotspots. Our Premier of Ontario said Friday that restrictions set to expire next week in Toronto and Peel region will remain in place and as government will contemplate new measures during emergency talks on COVID-19 this weekend. Here in Ontario, reported 2,290 new cases of COVID-19 on Friday and 40 new deaths due to the virus. A third of the province with the highest daily infection rate announced 1,413 new cases and 25 additional deaths. You know, Quebec, you know, they, you know, 1,773 new cases and 36 new deaths. So, you know, people, you know, we really, like I, I've said this from time and time again, I'm going to keep saying it, you know, we all need to toe the line. We all have a responsibility. We all know how to follow the rules. And the people out there that, you know, you anti-maskers and the people that think this is a hoax, you need to stop being part of the problem and you need to be part of the solution. You know, stop acting so ridiculous. Unbelievable sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. It just kicks me right off. You know, I come out here, you know, every night, starting last Saturday, you know, to give some Christmas cheer. Then I hope that you are enjoying it. To come out here and, and try to lift spirits even though we're in this rut, this awful, awful pandemic. Which, by the way, you know, we didn't ask for this. But here we are. All of us, everybody around the world. So, you know, then we talk about, you know, our teachers. Our teachers, I guess you could say, you know, they're on the front line. Our teachers are essential. They've always been essential to us. We need our teachers. We need our teachers to be healthy. You know, and, and, and here, you know, we're talking about as Canada begins to roll out and administer its first shipments of the coronavirus vaccines, teachers are pushing to get themselves among the nation's top priority list. 
Canadian Teachers Federation previously called for governments across Canada to let teachers and educators be among the first in line to get the COVID-19 vaccine, arguing their high risk of exposure. Well, they are. But our elderly should be coming first. People who work and live in the retirement homes and nursing homes, our doctors and our nurses and all hospital staff should be getting the vaccine first. And then we can do teachers so they can get their vaccine. And that's how it should go. Nobody should be able to jump ahead in the line. <clears throat> They're in close contact with students and other adults indoors for many hours at a time. So are these people who work in our retirement homes and nursing homes and hospitals, PSWs? So are they. The teachers can wait. You know, they're saying with usually poor ventilation, read a statement released Tuesday, which is comprised of over 300 educators and teachers across Canada. I don't believe that for one second. I just don't believe it for one second. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I can agree with the teachers unions and other times like right now, I definitely don't agree with them. Even if schools try to maintain social distance, the reality is that this is the sufficient physical distancing to prevent transmission of COVID-19 is not possible in many classrooms and schools. Nursing homes, it's really hard to do that. Obviously in the hospitals, it's really hard to do that. Workplaces, it's really hard to do that. It's the same all over. According to the recommendations of Canada's National Advisory Committee on the Immunization Frontline Healthcare Workers, seniors and long-term care home residents and staff should be among the first to receive the vaccine with some provincial health authorities already begin to vaccine some in those groups since the vaccine arrived on Sunday and that's how it has to be. So the teachers union can just stop whining. And I've never been a fan, I've never really been a big fan of the unions. So, you know, they can wait. I'm an essential caregiver. I'm an essential care worker. I'm an essential caregiver. 
but I have to wait. I'm an essential care giver that puts me ahead of any teachers. But that's, that, that, that doesn't matter. I'll still wait. Teachers, however, are not included in the in the NACI's initial recommendations on who to vaccinate first. So several experts and groups have placed them among others as next in line to get the vaccine. According to the infection diseases expert, Dr. Isaac, the top priority clearly remains frontline healthcare workers. Those who live and work in long-term care homes populations age 70 and above in the indigenous communities. However, this doctor did pose the question, what do we do after we vaccinate our top priority group? Why well, you just move down the chain? Right? All the hospital people who work in the hospital, Everybody who works in, 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 the, in the medical field, everybody who works in the nursing home, retirement homes, all the people in the retirement homes, nursing homes, they all get vaccinated, period. Then they wanna be the teachers next. Maybe, how about the police? How about the paramedics? How about the firemen? How about them being next? Oh, and then, yeah, essential caregivers next. And then we'll do the teachers and everybody else who else wants to get a vaccine. Go right ahead. So according to him, authorities administering the vaccine should pay attention to three factors before deciding who to give the vaccine to next. Who's at greater risk of getting infected? Who's at a greater risk of having a severe outcome over the infection? And who are the people working in settings where getting infections could be significantly amplified? Obviously, teachers certainly would fall into that given their work and the potential exposure. So I think that's very reasonable, but I would also expand that to lots of other people as well. Like I said, police officers, those in essential industries such as grocery store clerks, factories and food processing, or any one vital to the economy working in close indoor settings and in close proximity to other people, should also be considered for the vaccine. I certainly agree with teachers. That's not me saying this. And expand that to other essential workers who might be at greater risk of getting this infection. It's a position shared by others, including the Ontario Medical Association, according to the group of Ontario doctors. Those at high risk of contracting COVID-19 should be the top priority for the vaccine, 
had added that other groups to be vaccinated in, in substantive phases include essential workers as well as teachers and those in communal facilities like shelters and prisons. In their statement, however, the Teachers Federation argued that education workers should be easily exposed to the disease that students under the age of 16 have not been approved to take the vaccine. Doctor said that while that, that point was valid, it wouldn't make sense to vaccinate kids now since only high priority groups were received the vaccine for the time being. So. The teacher federations can just wait. I disagree with teachers. So we'll just have to wait and see. And just in the order how I read it, so it should be done. I can't see it any other way. What else is going on in this? In this great country of ours here in Canada. Well, Saskatchewan is getting some new measures. Let's find out what's going on there. Talk a little bit about Ontario here. Uh, so you're talking about what? Well, I guess they're getting new measures in Saskatchewan. Alberta, not surprised. What else is going on here? So we did talk about this, the emergency recovery benefit from the government. And as vulnerable youth face curb clawbacks, Trudeau liberals are looking for other options. Well, you know, we we're talking about, it was talking about the repayments that people who filed for the emergency recovery benefits. Um, Either they didn't do the forms properly or they just weren't entitled to it. You know, some 441,000 people have received letters from Canada Revenue Agency questioning their eligibility. I mentioned this the other day and warning they may owe back some of the payments. And then there's groups that support them or warning uh, repayment efforts could lead many to become homeless and are asking the government to grant amnesty for any of these youths who receive this benefit. 
to see what happens with that. But, you know, they do talk about, you know, we need to have the system that goes after people who are deliberately trying to defraud the system. But people who receive money that they needed or make good faith mistakes about the application should not have to worry about it. The letters have created a groundswell evidence of anxiety as Canada Revenue Agency questions whether some of the nearly 9 million recipients met eligibility rules for the payment. So we'll have to wait and see this. We'll be talking about this after tax time. We'll see what happens there, I don't know. But um, yeah, that's what's happening here in Canada at this moment. And that, of course, the Ontario government, I think I mentioned it too, that uh, be probably an extended break, you know, for the Christmas holidays. So it'll probably be for school back to school mid-January. And that is all going to depend on the cases to keep going up, probably going to extend it to the end of January. I don't know. That's just something that we will have to wait and see and find out if that is going to be the case. Now, trying to find a little poem here. Hope I can see it all. Here we go. Twas two weeks before Christmas, and all through the town, people wore masks that covered their frown. The frown had begun way back in the spring when a global pandemic changed everything. They called it Corona, but unlike the beer, it didn't bring good times, it didn't bring cheer. Airplanes were grounded, travel was banned, Borders were closed across air, sea, and land. As the world entered lockdown to flatten the curve, the economy halted and folks lost their nerve. From March to, from March to July, we rode the first wave. People stayed home. They tried to be brave. When summer emerged, the lockdown was lifted. But away from caution, many folks drifted. Now it's December and cases are spiking. Wave two has arrived, much to our disliking. It's true that this year has had sadness aplenty. We'll never forget year 2020. And just around the corner, the holiday season, but why be merry? Is there even one reason? To decorate the house and put up the tree, who will see it? No one but me. But outside my window, the snow gently falls. And I think to myself, 
Let's deck the hall. So I gather the ribbon, the garland, the bows. As I play those old carols, my happiness grows. Christmas is not canceled, and neither is hope. If we lean on each other, I know we can cope. Keep it going, Merry Christmas. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And I hope you can join me Saturday morning, my usual time, 9 a.m. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. But let's get those thanks out there to all of our workers, our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics, our police, and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And of course, thank you to everybody out there doing your part. And thank you to my listeners and my followers and my guests. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Trucking Podcast. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a good evening and a good night. And join me tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Thank you, everybody.